Hello, and welcome to Brimstone Society. My name is Matt, and I will be your storyteller. This week, we will be telling you the story of Doors, credited to A.C. Johnson. I was adopted. I never knew my real mother, rather. I knew her at one time, but I left her side when I was too little to be able to remember. I loved my adopted family, though. They were so kind to me. I ate well, I lived in a warm, comfortable house, and I got to stay out pretty late. Let me tell you about my family real fast. First, there's my mother. I never called her mom or anything like that. I just called her by her first name, Janice. She didn't mind that at all, though. I called her that for so long, I don't even think that she noticed. Anyhow, she was a very kind woman. I think she is the one that recommended my adoption in the first place. Sometimes I would lay my head against her in front of the television, and she would tickle my back with her nails. She was one of those Hollywood mothers. Second, there's Dad. His real name was Richard, but he never really liked me, so I began to refer to him as Dad in a desperate attempt to gain his affection. It didn't work. I think no matter what I called him, he would never love me as much as his own child. That's understandable, so I really didn't press the matter. The most notable attribute of Dad was his unmoving sternness. He was not afraid to pop his children when they did something wrong, and I found that out before I could use the restroom properly and other mistakes. He didn't hesitate to spank me. Well, I'm in line now, and it's because of his methods, or so I'm told. Lastly, there's my sister, little Emily. She was really young when I was adopted, so we were about the same age, but she was slightly older. I liked to think of her as my little sister, though. We got along better than any sibling could possibly get along. We would always stay up late together and just talk. Well, she did a lot of the talking. I mostly listened because I loved her. It was a great setup we had. We were short on bedrooms, so because I didn't want to sleep in the living room by myself when I was littler, I had a pallet set up for me next to her bed on the floor. This is where I've slept since. But it was cool with me because I enjoyed being with her, and I've always felt pretty protective over my little sister. Everything changed on a horrible Wednesday night. I was at home taking a nap when little Emily opened the front door. The sound of the door pulled me into a state of consciousness, and I walked from the room down the hall into the living room. That's when I first remembered that it was Wednesday. I was never any good at keeping track of what day it was. Actually, I'll go ahead and say it. My sense of time was horrible. But nevertheless, I knew it was Wednesday because Emily had just come home from church's youth group gathering. She was walking in the front door, saw me, hugged me and then was followed in by Dad and Janice. Did you have a good nap? Janice said teasingly as she ruffled my hair. I just shook my head away and snorted in a manner that clearly expressed that I was teasing back with her. Don't you snort at your mother like that, my father said gruffly with authority. He shut the door behind him and hung up his coat. I was clearly joking, I growled under my breath. He must not have heard me because I didn't feel him smack me. Emily then proceeded to our room and I followed. 
She started to tell me about her day. You know, the usual teenage girl stuff. But I listened so that she would feel better. And after her summary, she just suggested we started watching TV. And I obliged and jumped onto the couch as she was going for the remote. She rolled her eyes at my little brother-like immaturity and scooted over and sat down. The TV turned on and we watched it together until the sun went down. Emily was the kind of girl that, instead of watching cartoons and soap operas, we would rather watch Discovery and Animal Planet and National Geographic. I liked those, so I didn't mind, and actually, they were the only channels that could hold my attention. So it got late, and Janice walked up behind the sofa and said, Emily, it's past your bedtime. Turn off the television and go to your room. And you too. And she pointed at me. Emily turned off the program we were watching and grudgingly stood up. She started down the hallway to our room. And as I followed, I couldn't shake the feeling that something wasn't right. We went into our room and Emily turned off the light. And just as she did, I caught a flash of movement out of the corner of my eye. It was out the window, but as soon as I redirected my line of sight to where the window was, it was no longer in my peripheral vision. What I saw, or what I thought I saw, was gone. I still remained alert, for my sister's sake. I laid there in the darkness with nothing but a thin ray of light from the street lamp outside to illuminate the room. It wasn't much. Time and time again, I could have sworn that I heard subtle sounds just outside the window. A twig break, leaves crunching, clothes jostling. And all the while, I could smell a faint stench of sweat and blood. I kept my eyes open for most of the night. The sounds outside subsided and the smell left my nose. I began to feel at ease and my eyelids closed. Not long after that, I heard a very loud crash on the other side of the house and was up in an instant. There's someone inside the house, I barked with extreme adrenaline coursing through me. Wake up, I shrilly pleaded with Emily. And she did. And as soon as I saw her sit up, I ran to my parents' room. Dad was dead. His neck splayed open and gaping as blood spilled out of it, off the bed, onto the floor. I saw that the master bathroom's door was closed and just before it, on the outside, was a man. A man. I don't feel comfortable calling it that. He was very large and rugged. He turned around and saw me, and that's when I saw him accurately for the first time. I won't forget it. His eyes were large and beady and trapped with lust. He was styling a beard that was badly unkempt with blood dripping off of it. His clothes were dirty and his face was cold. Just then, I noticed the same horrid smell of sweat and blood from earlier, but this time it was overwhelming. He saw me. He saw me and grinned with a set of crooked yellow teeth. That smile threw me off. I thought that I was going to die, but then he turned back to the bathroom door completely unperturbed by my presence. I was terrified and didn't know what to do. I just yelled and cried. 
I watched as he shouldered through the door that my mom had for her only protection, and I watched as he raised a large razor that he was carrying. I watched as he sliced her open and tore her to shreds. Then I heard something, and it's the last thing that I wanted to hear. It was Emily's scream coming from behind me. The large monstrosity looked up from my butchered mother and stared at my little sister. I was distraught. He stood up and quickly started walking towards us. My sister turned and ran, and I was at a loss when he bypassed me and went straight for her. Why was she still in the house? Had she not assessed the situation and ran? Well, apparently not, and now she was about to be dead, and I was about to be alone. I ran after them both. I expected the man to kill her, as he had the rest of my family, but I was sadly mistaken. He grabbed her by the arm and jerked her away, as he made it clear that he was in control. He dragged her through the house. I was making all the noise I could, hoping and praying that someone would come to my aid. He mustn't take her, not her. As he passed me, I backed against the wall and whimpered with terror. Why? I asked. He didn't respond, except by putting his free hand on my head while Emily screamed in the other, saying, Good boy. He gave me another crooked grin and a very cold, unnatural laugh. <laughs> I followed him to the door where he dragged my helpless sister after him. He opened it, pulled her out, and slammed it shut behind him. I am now sitting in the house with my mutilated adopted parents, shivering and whimpering with dismay. He's out there with her, doing who knows what to her, and I can't do anything. I would if I could, but I can't. I would chase after them in a heartbeat, but I can't. I sit here, looking at the front door. And then, I look down at my paws. If only I could open doors. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Brimstone Society. If you would like more, please check out other episodes we have. Or if you would like to follow us on social media, you can follow us at Brimstone Society Pod on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. And if you would like to support us even further, we do have a Patreon available as well under Brimstone Society Podcast. Thank you. And have a wonderful night.